going on, Ant? Ready for another show? I am ready for another show, Dan. Are you ready for another show? Yeah, I'm. I'm ready. I'm ready. I think I got something good for you. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop you because I was thinking of maybe switching things up. Maybe I could surprise you with a song. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> you want to take the wheel? I, I, I want to take the wheel. I, I will do my best to keep my eyes open while I'm driving. But uh, I figure whatever you came up with us this week, you can just kind of put in your back pocket and you could save it for... Yeah, we'll just do it next week. Yeah, so I figured no no big deal. Shit, Ant wants the hot tag. Yeah, the, <laughs> the hot tag is right. I'm, I'm hoping I didn't get in over my head, but... I just, I, there was something, I've been watching something recently, and I was like, this would be cool to do, and I don't like saying, Dan, why don't we do this, because it kind of breaks up the surprise ab- about it, you know what I mean? Well, we never do that. Exactly. Yeah, we never do that. Exactly, but I, like I said, I've been, I've been watching this show, I want, I've been hearing the song, and I was like, you know what, fuck it, let's, let's, uh, let's surprise Dan, let's surprise the Deembecils this week, so I got some clues for you, Dan. All right, let's uh, let's see how this goes. Because now you have a streak going, and well, yeah, like I, I'm nervous that you're gonna throw these clues at me, and I'm never gonna get it. No, they're not. the The clues are not crazy. I think they're. I I do hope you don't guess it. <laughs> okay. But but I don't I don't think they're uh, they're crazy. So um, do you? Since you like to play games with me. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd like to play a game, Dan. I'll play. I'll play a game. I'll be a good sport. I don't want to play a game, but I'll play a game. You know, I was thinking that the other day. I'm like, he asked me a lot. You know, do you want to play a game? What What would happen if I said no? <laughs> nope. Nope. Just give me the clue. <laughs> well, you're always so excited about. It. You're always like, you're a good. You're you're a good uh, a good sport about it because you're always like I love playing games I love playing games and I hate it's games like... that's the funny thing is I hate board games and shit like that let's play a game all right so the game that I've chosen for us to play this week is a game that we've played before <laughs> oh did you remix the not remix but rewrite the lyrics I did not no oh the you you uh, played a game with me called let's see how well you know my wife and let's see how well you know my cat. So today, Dan, is going to be your turn to play Let's See How Well You Know Our Show. Oh, I, I feel confident now. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, you spend a lot of time, the most time, more time than anybody with our show. So I do want to throw this out there. If you don't guess correctly, I do not have to get the Josie tattoo. No, that's not true. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> no, that's not true. It's in my notes. It's true. You got to get it. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for your first clue? I'm ready. All right. So, first clue. The show, the creator, and the group who performs the song have come up in our previous episodes. Now, before you guess, I'm going to let you know. I'm going to let you make a guess, but I'm not going to tell you the answer until after I read the second clue. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to say the monkeys because... Of the Ghostbusters episode. Okay. Good guess. Second clue. And this is your last clue. Okay. In a bizarro world, the group who performs the song would be called the Fully Clothed Gentleman. Fully Clothed Gentleman. So. I thought you, I thought you were going to get this on this one. 
in a bizarro world, does that mean like opposite? Opposite of fully closed. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. So, um, <laughs> oh, we're doing the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> we are doing the Big Bang Theory. Bang. Please, fully clothed gentlemen. Bang. Uh, bare naked ladies. Yes, sir. I love the bare naked ladies. I well, do you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know this. I knew. I mean, I didn't. I didn't realize that you celebrated their catalog. I mean, I knew you. I. I, I didn't know that you were a, a, a fan of the Bare Naked Ladies. So, like, I, I don't own any of their albums. So you're not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry, I just take it back. I'm not a fan. Because <laughs> I said the same thing as I was doing this. I was like, you know, I like the Bare Naked Ladies, and then I started listening to some of the dis- discography, and I know three songs. I. I think I know. I probably know about five or six. Fan-ish, we'll say. Like, if they came around, I would go to one of their concerts. I would definitely go. I would go if other people were going. I don't know if I'd call you up and be like, hey, Dan, you want to go see the Bare Naked Ladies? Like, if you called and you're like, we're getting tickets, do you want to come? I'd go. And I bet you we'd have a good time. We would have a great time. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we have a great time just all the time. So, yeah, Big Bang Theory, Dan. Oh, it's a good show. That's a really good show, too. I know you love this show. I fig- And I think this is the the most recent show that we've covered. Mm, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking that the other day, too, but with the Gilmore Girls, with their, you know, their revival. But this show, like, just stopped running in 2019. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It ran for 12 seasons. Long show. Yeah. So, uh... Big Bang Theory, TVPG, ran from 2007 to 2019. Yes, and and 12, uh, what do I have? 12 seasons here. I think it might even be the longest running show that we've that we've covered. Yeah, that sounds about right, too. Most seasons. So uh, it was created by Chuck Lorre and Bill Prady. Uh, 8.2 stars on IMDb. So I, I'm a little familiar with... All right, so Chuck Lorre came up in Charles in Charge... Bill Prady, I don't know him from anything. Uh, I thought this was interesting. 55 Emmy nominations, but only 10 wins. 55? How? Uh, Well, it was on for 12 seasons, so what's 55 divided by 12? Come on, Dan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) I knew I was asking for too much. Come on. As soon as it came out of my mouth. Do you want to host the show? (laughs) No. All right, so that's only that's only 4.5 nominations a year. Here's here's another crazy stat. Of the 10 wins, none of them have been for outstanding comedy series. Or was it just the supporting actors and actors and Yeah, uh Jim Parsons won for best lead actor in 2010, 11, 13 and 14. Uh they've won a bunch for best multi-camera picture editing in 2017, 2016, 2015 wow. and 2014 and this was a fun one. Bob Newhart won for best outstanding guest actor in 2013. Yeah, he was Professor Proton. Bob Newhart's a funny dude. I like Bob. I, he, there's I, whenever I hear stop it, <laughs> it, it makes me think of Bob Newhart. <laughs> Good for Bob Newhart. He was like 80-something, too, when he was... Yeah, and he was nominated a couple of times, too. Like, he was nominated. Laurie Metcalf had been nominated a few times. Uh, Mayim Bialik. I don't... Unfortunately, I didn't write those years down. But, like, uh, there were other people. Johnny Galecki. But uh, of the two main characters, Jim Parsons and Johnny Galecki were the only two that were nominated. I don't... I didn't see Kaylee Cuoco anywhere, which was surprising. Although, she hams it up for me. I'm not not the biggest Kaylee Cuoco fan. You made like a, a squeezing the booby gesture <laughs> with your hand there. 
I didn't. <laughs> it was unintentional. Was that an accident? <laughs> you was, like, yeah. you leaned back and you did this honka honka motion with your hand. Which to me makes it makes it seem like you are a big Kaylee Cuoco well, fan. Well, I'm not. I'm not a fan of how she hams it up a little bit too much. You know, she makes goofy faces a lot. Oh, so you have like the Joey Ross issue that I had with her. I think she's. I like her. I think she's good in the show. She's very good on the show. She's she's a perfect penny. But uh, yeah, she's just a little too hammy for me, which is funny because we were talking about John Ritter in the Three's Company episode and like master of ham and master of ham and i you know i bought everything he did i think it's interesting that you don't consider uh it's a mayan bialik blossom a main character well yeah well you know what she's not a guest character i guess i should take that back she is she she is was a main character on that show she came in a little bit later but yes i just i meant like the i don't know if i'd consider her a lead it's an ensemble cast. I mean, there's definitely a lead. There's definitely two leads. It's or maybe there's three. Three. So, Penny Leonard Sheldon. Mm-hmm. But um, Amy Farrah Fowler came in, if I'm remembering correctly, somewhere around like the end of the second or the third, or the beginning of the third season. I think the end of the second season. Her and Bernadette both came in in the third season. So I, that still means they were on the show for th- nine years, as you like to say, bulk of the series. So would you would you like a synopsis? Yeah, I mean, sure. Sure. So uh, from IMDb, synopsis, a woman who moves into an apartment across the hall from two brilliant but socially awkward physicists shows them how little they know about life outside of the laboratory. Uh, I mean, she's not exactly like, I think that makes a little bit more the Penny character. Yeah. Because she, she's not exactly like the, what is it, the miracle worker? You know, like she doesn't. <laughs> Drink the water, Helen. (laughs) She's not exactly holding their hands like that, you know? She's not showing them what life is all about outside of the lab. Taking their hands and putting them on her chest. These are boobs. Well, that does happen in one episode. Not... When Penny, like, falls in the shower and hurts her elbow, Sheldon accidentally cops a feel. And she's like, not my elbow. Sheldon. Sheldon reminded me a little bit of of Michael Scott. Who's he? Who's Michael Scott? Yeah, is I'm, I'm You know who Michael Scott is, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very likable, unlikable characters. Mm. Did you know what the Big Bang Theory was? Is? I mean, I know you know of it, but can you give me the definition? Not the show of the actual, you know, scientific thing. Like the point in time when the like the pressure, yeah, of the like condensed universe just grew too much, where it, it exploded and expanded out, and I think since it expanded out, it has slowly been retracting again. Yeah, which is kind of frightening. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we got time. It's not. Like, it's not going to bother us. <laughs> Listen, you never know, man. <laughs> it's like when scientists say that the sun's going to go out or the sun's going to explode. <laughs> Into like some type of supernova. Yeah, maybe it will, but not while I'm alive. <laughs> Dan, you never fucking know, man. Look up at that thing. It's getting closer to you. I'm okay. <laughs> like unless reincarnation's a thing, then uh, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're going to be all right. Don't come back as that slug. Well, just don't come back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine staying away. 
I'm totally fine staying away. So, uh, w- would you? What's that? I'm trying to pull up the song, and I'm trying to pull up the song, and that's why it's it's freezing on my end. So I apologize. Bear with me a moment. I thought I was being quick <laughs> as we were talking. <laughs> Oh Why don't you hit God, me with that happening? song there, Anthony? Yeah, hold on, Dan. Hold on. Hold on. Fucking God damn. Why don't you hit me with that song? So did Bill Prady do anything else besides the Big Bang Theory? Uh, yes. <clears throat> he did a, he, He's done stuff. He's been in, in television, but not like Chuck Lorre. Okay. Uh, he... Uh, he was a co-producer on Platypus Man. <laughs> remember that show? Oh, I remember that show. <laughs> wait, was wait? No, I'm thinking that was Richard Jenny. I'm thinking Duck Man. Yeah, I don't remember. Pla- I I know Richard Jenny as like using that Platypus Man in his like comedy specials. Yeah, but I don't remember. Wait, so did he co-produce the comedy special? Like, was it called Platypus Man? It no, was he he co-produced the, the television show. I was thinking Duck Man from... Uh, That's a cartoon, right? Like the USA Network. Yeah, it's a cartoon where uh, Jason Alexander was the voice of a uh, uh, duck that was a private detective. I didn't know that. <laughs> you don't, Do you not remember the show? I remember the show. I didn't, I didn't know that that was Jason Alexander as the voice. It was like one of those, like... It was like Duckman, Silk Stockings, and uh, <laughs> Silk Stockings. Like something else that was on like after like ten o'clock on uh, USA. So, well, besides Platypus Man, he was also a, a producer on Dream On, Caroline in the City, Dharma and Greg, which is where he met um, Chuck Lorre, and Gilmore Girls. Oh, all right. So, I mean, he sounds like he's done. He's done enough TV shows. I remember Dream On was really popular. Dream On was really popular on HBO. It was like one of those evening, you know, late night shows. I feel like it was one of their first, like, big series, too. I, I feel like it's that and um, not the the Larry Sanders show. And then what was the show with? Oh, Arliss. Ar- that was, I think Arliss was a little bit after the one with Robert Wall. I saw him in a deli. Not in a deli. I saw him in, yeah, a deli. Cat's deli. Robert Wall? Robert Wall, the last time I was in New York, he looked good. I would have been screaming, L.A. Louche. <laughs> come on, baby. Come on, baby. <laughs> uh, all right. So I have the I have the song queued up for you on my phone. On your phone? Yeah, it's not working on my computer. Oh, wait. Hold on. What is this janky bullshit? <laughs> God, listen, Dan. Don't, don't sass me. Let me find... I'm going to hold on. I'm going to try this here. Share audio. Share the window. I I feel like I know this song by heart. Do you want to sing it? I think I could. You don't have to sing it if you don't want to sing it. If I mess this up. Oh, I'm going to. I'm not getting a Josie tattoo if you mess it up. One. Okay. <laughs> What's two? Two. I did find a. I I did find a clip of um, Kaylee Cuoco was on uh, Jimmy Fallon, and a fan asked her if she knew the lyrics to the song, and she sang it. 
So if if you're worse, <laughs> if you sing worse than what she knew the song sounded horrible, but she knew the fucking song. Thank God she's an actress and not a singer. I mean, I'm going to that's actually that's one of the running jokes in the show. Um, I'm going to sound horrible like that's that's a given. Looks like the Josie tattoo ain't happening. <laughs> no, I got to get the lyrics right. It doesn't have to sound good. They just have to be so right. You can't see my notes because I have the lyrics in my notes, right? Right. Okay. Well, hold on. Now I, want, now I want to look at you. Why are you looking at me? Because I want to see you sing. I want to see the performance. Where's your harmonica? Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state that nearly 14 billion years ago. Expansion started. Wait. The earth began to cool. The autotrophs began to drool. Neanderthals developed tools. We built a wall. We, we built, built the, the pyramids. pyramids. Math, science, history, unraveling the mysteries. That all started with the Big Bang. Bang! Bang! You're getting a tattoo. Yes, I'm getting a tattoo. <laughs> yes, you got all the, the the lyrics for the show right, but did you know it's a full song? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that I knew. I'm a Bare Naked Ladies fan. Yeah, I know. Apparently, you're a very big Bare Naked Ladies fan. I didn't realize that they had written a whole song. Like, I just before I, I kind of did some research. I think that's only like the first verse of the full song. Yeah, it it literally is just the first verse of the song. The song isn't all that long. Uh, the the title of the song is called the uh, the history of everything. So since the dawn of man is really not that long, as every galaxy was formed in less time than it takes to sing the song, a fraction of a second, and the elements are made. I'm gonna post the lyrics. I'm not going to go over it, <laughs> but it's all pretty much just like that. All smart and big words and. Shit that I don't know. <laughs> I like the autotrophs begin to drool. Do you know what an autotroph is? I think an autotroph, as far as I understand, is a, an organism that doesn't need to, like, eat something else. It makes its own food and energy. Am I right? I, f I fucking hate that you're smart, because I even wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this was, there's no copying pasting for this part. I wrote, do you know what an autotroph is? <laughs> Question mark. Then I wrote, well, I do. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I do. And, and you basically gave me the entire, like the almost word, pretty much word for word, the definition from dictionary.com. <laughs> I'm having more fun today than I thought I was going to. I fucking hate you. <laughs> I'm seriously, I'm not that smart. I'm not. I'm not. All right, Ant. Why don't you hit us with that song there, Ant? Oh, yeah. I forgot about the song. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot we didn't play it. So, I'm gonna, Dan, my computer is freezing. So, I got I to gotta hit it with you on, on the phone. So, I'm sorry. Oh, God. It's in the middle. It's in the middle! How about this? I'm just going to bring it up on mine so I could see the uh, the open. Oh. What's happening? You know what I'd like to see? When I went to bring up the, the theme song, the Big Bang Theory, like the video from the Bare Naked Ladies for the full song. That looks interesting. I, I saw that they performed it at a... Uh... At Comic-Con, at a panel that was hosted by Will Wheaton. 
Which I'm happy that you that you brought up the open because uh, I did. I found a website that goes frame by frame. Oh, with every single picture. So I do have a link to that, and I'm gonna I'll post that. You know, when we you know start posting on our social media and stuff about this episode. What is every picture? There's a hundred. I didn't write every picture down because there's a hundred and nine frames. But it's, I mean, it's basically the history of everything. There's mitosis, there's dinosaurs, the evolution of man, the wheel, uh, Stonehenge, which is one hell of a henge. They did the pyramids, Moses and Jesus, the pilgrims, declaration of independence, a civil war amputation. Like literally, a, yeah, a guy laying on a, on a table and it's just one dude holding up his leg and then three other guys standing around him like, well, I guess we're going to cut your leg off kind of deal. Huh. Uh, the Statue of Liberty, cars, space shuttle, birth control pills, <laughs> computers, cell phones. There was a PlayStation in there. There's there's a ton of shit. But like I said, I do have a a website that that broke it down for us. So the song uh, it's a rapid fire rapid fire history lesson about the creation of the universe that all started with the Big Bang. Bang. And the uh, the full version was released as a single in 2007. But uh, so the 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 owners, the owners of the show, the creators of the show, <laughs> Chuck. Yeah, same, same thing. Day. Six 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 one half dozen another. Uh huh. They were actually they went to a bare naked lady show, and uh, they saw the the lead singer Ed Robertson. Uh, he improvised a, a rap about this guy Simon Singh. He wrote a book called The Big Bang and the Origin of the Universe. Interesting. Not too long after that, they got in touch with with uh, Ed. To write the theme song. He said he wrote the entire song in the shower one morning. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> Not awful. <laughs> I came up with the basic me- melody and most of the lines. I got out of the shower, made a really quick scratch demo uh, using GarageBand, and I sent it to them, and they loved it. They loved it so much that they wanted to use the version. They wanted to use the demo, the one that I made with a towel wrapped around me at a cottage. <laughs> that's funny. Like that's insane. That's insane. The Will Smith uh, was, I think, it was DJ Jazzy Jeff had said, you know, uh, Will just went to the studio and ten fifteen minutes he came up with something. Well, yeah, well them together, together. He said they did it together in ten fifteen minutes. But still, Dan, what could you and I come up with in ten and fifteen? I, I don't think we could write a song. The lead singer, of the bare naked lady, said that they did it in three minutes. He, he didn't. He didn't put a time limit. He said he wrote the entire song in a shower. So I'm, I'm not sure Ed Robertson's like shower routine. If he's quick in and out like I am, or yeah, you know, I'm in. You dirty boy. Rinse. Stinky. <laughs> Shut up, stinky. Everything gets washed. All the right parts. Let's see. <laughs> Do you, let's see what we could do in, in three minutes. Let's oh. write lyrics to our <laughs> to our theme song. You go first. Oh, I hate you. No, you go first. This is hard. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not we're not Canadian songsmiths <laughs> like the bare naked ladies. Interestingly enough, though, this wasn't the first choice for the song. Oh, okay. It's like they had they had a a song in mind that was pretty much ready to go. Any any idea? I want to take a guess as to what that could have been. When when I tell you what it is, you're going to be like, it's an actual song, so I'll tell you that. It's an existing it's song. It's an existing song. When when I tell you what it is, because I, I did the same thing. I was like, oh, that would have been, it would have made sense. Uh, it's an 80s song. I'll, I'll go there. An 80s show? Oh, 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 she blinded me with science? Yeah. God damn it, Dan. <laughs> 
Another interesting fact. Cross that off the list. She blinded me. Poetry in motion. She blinded me with science. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was uh, the She Blinded Me with Science, like you said, by Thomas Dolby. Um, they did still use that song, though. In an episode? Yeah, the song was used as Wallowitz's ringtone. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So and like I I had uh, told you before the the bare naked ladies my 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 countrymen from up north oh right you're a quarter Canadian I am a quarter Canadian but uh, they did perform they performed it like kind of impromptu I think they surprised everybody at uh, at Comic Con mm-hmm. which was I I watched it I have it here I got something that that we'll post too I thought it was really cool it was just it was neat to see them and with the fans and everything of the show because like you're literally with the fans of the show at Comic Con you know and Comic Con comes up a lot in the show Comic Con comes up an awful lot in the Big Bang Theory. Me and Tommy tried to get tickets. It's it's tough. It's exactly what it looks like in the show where they're all sitting there just hitting refresh, refresh, refresh. I remember that year when you were telling me. I was so – I wasn't jealous. I was like, God damn it, I want to do this though. But And you were telling me how difficult it was. There's like lobbies and then there's lobbies for the lobbies and shit like that. That's like – that's to me is ridiculous. Just I want a ticket. <laughs> Here's my money. Give me the ticket. You know? So – and the, uh, the only time that the – the song kind of changed uh, for the very last episode, the finale episode. The whole cast is sitting on the couch having, you know, a final meal that us, the viewers, are going to see them have. They just kind of stripped it down and just did. It was just an acoustic guitar and it's really kind of slowed down and sad like, oh. which is sweet, <laughs> you know. It was their equivalent of like when other shows, other like family sitcoms, their final episodes always tend to be the uh, the main characters are moving on to another phase in their life. Yeah. But the two main characters are like the one main character is the last to leave the apartment set or the house set. And they, they stand at the door and they look back wistfully one more time and turn <laughs> off the lights and shut the door. And then like leave the keys on the thing. Do, 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 boom, boom. That was growing pain. (laughs) Yeah, because it's in your head. But yeah, yeah, that's like a typical thing. You know, it's like their version of the, all right, goodbye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) See ya. See ya. That was the Six Feet Under finale when she's pulling away. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the Six Feet Under finale. When she's pulling away and that See Ya song is playing, uh, Lauren Ambrose, uh, Claire, in the car and uh, the ghost of Nate is kind of jogging behind the car and she sees him in the uh in the rearview mirror as he just fades away as she drives by oh damn <laughs> oh god that that kills me that's a great finale that i i'm gonna say i will die go to my grave saying that that is the greatest series finale in the history of television series finales interesting just wraps everything up in a nice fucking bow there's no questions you know what happens to every character Oh, it's great. It's emotional. It's, great. it's very emotional. That's one of the... There's certain things like I'll cry. I, I'm a crier at stuff. You know this. <laughs> yeah, I do. You big puss Once puss. I watch something and I, I am, I, I, I own it. I own the, the puss puss label. But if I see something and I, you know, I cry the first time, if I rewatch it, I get that feeling in my gut, the lump in my throat, but I don't usually shed the tears again. That's six feet under finale. Every time it gets me. Every time. 
So, but like I was saying, the the, the open didn't really change. And you had brought this up with Bernadette and uh, Amy Farrah Fowler. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came in uh, in the third season, but they actually didn't get added to the couch until after the, until the sixth season. Oh, so were you saying added to the couch at the the end shot of uh, the group eating together? That's the only change that they make to the open, and yeah, the, which I kind of thought was weird because, like you said, you know, they're once they're introduced, they're on the show, you know, and. A whole two seasons after they get introduced, they finally get added. Meanwhile, we're watching Ann Wedgworth, who stopped by for a cup of coffee on Three's Company, gets a fucking title frame. Besides uh, Bernadette and Amy Farrah Fowler, did they add any other characters to the couch? Like, does Stuart ever get added? No. Oh, okay. Not in the finale. It's only the main, the main cast. What do you mean the finale? I'm sorry. It only at the the only thing that changed was the end credit unseen with the couch i didn't mean to say finale oh. the only two people that were added were uh were amy and uh bernadette gotcha bernadette i can't do a raj <laughs> you probably the... shouldn't do a raj I, the only <laughs> you can cut this out but that's my that's my favorite thing is when he goes why do all marvel characters have names with the same letter peter parker <laughs> j jonah jameson fin fang foom <laughs> It makes me makes me chuckle. I like Bernadette. Won't you play my clarinet? Clarinet. Yeah. Then they do the whole Bollywood number in his dream. <laughs> so, uh, would you like to learn about the uh, the group? Your your favorite band? I mean, I feel like everything I'm going to tell you about them, you're going to know because I'm you not going to know. No, tell me about the uh, tell me about the bare naked ladies. I'm not going to know. Tell me. So I wanted I wanted to do this because it made me laugh. I don't think it's going to make you laugh, but uh, I know wrestling. We're you're were a big wrestling fan. I am still a big wrestling fan. I always dug the the Canadian wrestlers because they always had like they hailed from three places. Well, and they're also like the best wrestlers. Okay, maybe, but um, they have some great wrestlers. Not the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be because that's Sean. No, no, that's actually that's Brett. You just said Brett's. You just said Brett's quote. <laughs> yeah, no, well, no, yeah, I know, but it's it's a lie. It's it's a lie of a catchphrase. But uh, so I was I, I wanted to do my <coughs> uh, <coughs> Howard Finkel. Okay. <laughs> Hailing from Scarborough, Ontario, Canada, the bare naked ladies. That was terrible. I cracked. That was pretty good. Yeah. But anyway, they come from Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. Okay, I don't know where that is. That's in Canada. Yeah, it's but like Canada's <laughs> wide. So it's like It's Ontario, Canada. Does that help you out? No. No, it does. Is that like east, west, middle? Oh, I didn't go on the compass. I didn't pull out the map, Dan. You know, so I, I didn't go on the compass. <laughs> Jesus. Type in, type in Scarborough. Nobody goes on the compass. Well, whatever. <laughs> but, but uh, the, the bare naked ladies are uh, Ed Robertson, who is guitar and vocals. Jim Cregan uh, plays the bass and vocals. Kevin Hearn, keyboard, guitar, and vocals. And Tyler Stewart, drums and vocals. So everyone sings in this group. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. There's like two main singers. Well, And then there's Stephen Page, who is was, is, was one of the founding members with Ed Robertson. But he left the band in 2009. And we'll get into that. And... Uh, in a little bit here, 
But uh, every yeah, they they harmonize quite well. I, I went through on my Spotify and I was listening to some some of their music, and I, obviously I went to one week. And but if I had a million dollars, Dan, mm-hmm. it's a really good song. Yeah, it's a really fun song, and just the, the little open with the fiddle and. But they 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 harmonize quite a bit. They they all sing a lot. Not a real green dress. That's cruel. That yeah. That made me. That made me giggle. <laughs> Well, you can get a nice uh, exotic animal, like a llama. Or an emu. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he says llama. Or an emu. So are you ready for this stat? Because this really, this really kind of like made me realize how old we were getting, or I was getting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're old. They've, they, they've been around for, they've been a band performing for 33 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time. We're 41. I know. I know. <laughs> I know how old I am. <laughs> Damn. We're we're Dan, we're like we're like tapping 42 there, pal. So they started when we were what? Like 7, 8. We were yeah, 8 years old. You're asking me to do math again, Dan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean like what what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop doing yeah, that. Yeah, could you please just or do it in your head? <laughs> Before yeah. just come up with the right answer. Right, eight years ago. I think I'm getting them right the first time. I, it, it sounds right to me. I'll never tell you you're wrong. You're wrong. You looked up like you were thinking about it, though. I thought about it for a second, and then I said, "Why is he asking me to do math again?" <laughs> like I don't like this. I don't like this one bit. If this is what hosting, is, I don't. I don't like this. If this is what hosting is about, I don't ever want to do it again. <laughs> I don't remember giving you any fucking uh, math formulas to solve. God. What? Damn. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what? That's not the right th- <laughs> formula's not a <laughs> formula's not it's not like, you know, a quadratic equation. What's that? It's just what's no. 30 what's 41 minus 33? It's, uh Yeah. <laughs> It's it's eight. It's eight. It's eight. It's eight. Yes, it's eight. Stop. It's eight. I got it. It's eight. I got it. I got it. <laughs> so yeah, thirty-three years, <laughs> most of our life. I will go with. Uh huh. And they've sold fifteen million records worldwide. Not good for them. That's a lot. <laughs> Those happy Canadians. According to their bio, I've never heard anyone say this. I don't know if I know anyone who's actually seen them live, though, so I, I've really no leg to stand on. They're widely acknowledged as one of the best live acts on the planet. Oh, okay. You know, they've hosted a cruise ship called Ships and Dips. Uh, they have had their own ice cream flavor, and they've won eight Juno Awards, which is like the... It's like the Canadian... Grammy equivalent in Canada, yeah. And were also inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame in 2018. So are they not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? They are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, like when they say that they're one of the best live acts, is it more because of like any theatrical element, like a kiss or a guar element? Or is it like more guar? Hey, Mark, why don't you join the band? (laughs) That's... I. I wasn't expecting you to pull that name out. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Maggots are falling, falling like rain. <laughs> <laughs> Is it more of because of the audience interaction? Like, do they just have such rabid fans that the the uh, the fans bring so much energy to it? So they didn't. Ex- this, like I said, this bio is from BareNakedLadies.com. They didn't explain 
uh, why they're widely acknowledged as one of the best live acts on the planet. But from a, just from the few uh, like live clips of theirs that I watched, I think it's more with the fan interaction and stuff like that. It looks like it's a very kind of I don't want to say stripped down, but it's not. They're not. There's not pyro and laser lights and all this crazy shit happening on stage. I saw. Um, I saw Tom Petty live. No shit. And he was. <sighs> Yeah, he was fantastic live, and everything was so low-key and understated that anything he did, the fans just reacted. So when he, when they started going into uh, Running Down a Dream, he just went over to like this chest that was on the stage, opened up the chest, and pulled out the top hat, and everybody fucking exploded. Is, but, like, is that from Running Down a Dream, or is that uh, Stop, Give It Up, Stop? Oh, what's that song? Run, running down a dream is doing yeah but the video for running down a dream is a, he's uh the animated it's an alice in wonderland theme no that's not that song i'm telling you we're both pulling out our google we both whipped out our google machines that's don't come around here no more it's the alice in wonderland one that is the alice in wonderland one yep Ooh. like it's him dressed up as the mad hatter at at the tea party Okay, so I stand corrected then. That's fucking right. What's eight plus seven, Dan? Go ahead. It's fifteen, yeah, Ant. Whatever. <laughs> you mixed up those two songs though, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. So the two <laughs> the two members, the two founding members, uh, Ed Robertson and Stephen Page, they met when they were uh attending school in the Toronto suburb. So Toronto, do you know where Toronto is? No, do you? No, Canada. <laughs> it's, in, it's in Canada. I thought maybe you, you were asking all these. You're asking me fucking math questions. You're asking me geography questions. I'm curious. So they met when they were in school at a Toronto suburb of Scarborough. And then uh, they decided to start the band when they were both counselors at the Scarborough Music Camp. Oh, fun. Yeah, so uh, they Stephen Page, who is no longer with the band, uh, he first performed in a group named Scary Movie Breakfast, which reminded me of like Scarecrow Boat. I don't know what Scarecrow Boat. That is. was one of the uh, one of Andy Dwyer's many band names. Who's Andy Dwyer? Dan Parks and Rec, man. <laughs> so you're an asshole. <laughs> Guys, let me tell you: first time in the line, last time in the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you hit me with that song, Daniel, from here on out. Oh, man, I'm going to be a real dick next week. Let me <laughs> tell you. <laughs> oh, good, uh. good Lord. Uh, they did, they debuted it as the Bare Naked Ladies. They, I guess the it said the name was a gag name that they came up with while they were attending a Bob Dylan concert, but they never really went into where that came from. And I'm not a big, okay. I'm not a big Bob Dylan fan, so I don't know if that's like a reference from from one of their songs but when they first started doing their live shows they did a bunch of, of original stuff and then they were doing a lot of um covers by madonna and the proclaimers talking heads and stuff oh i'd like to hear that yeah th- i i was looking for some stuff like i wanted to look for some early things i couldn't find anything i'm going to continue to do some more research on them because this i had a lot of fun really kind of going through them a little bit and getting some of these mm-hmm. these little tidbits they're an interesting band. I don't know why, but as I was listening to there was uh, there's a quote here that I have. Um, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit in my notes. Uh, Pop Matters, uh, 
this guy, a gentleman by the name of Mike Joseph wrote in 2006 uh, that the success of the Bare Naked Ladies Breakthrough 98 album stunt stuck them with a tag that they've been working uh, hard to get rid of, and that is of a joke band. Mm. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, as I was listening to some of some, I went on a deep dive of their discography a little bit. I it, to me they were they reminded me of like a folksy, clean, very PG version of like the Bloodhound Gang. Getting horny now, you know. But it's all it's all goofy stuff, almost like like not music. Weird Al came to my head too, and I don't want to say like he's not a musician, or these guys who do like jokey comedy type of music aren't musicians. But it's I'm not running to like a Weird Al show like I would to go see, you know, like a, a newfound glory or something, you know, musicians. If they're surprised that they're kind of called like a jokey band, I'm surprised that they're surprised. If I'm a struggling musician or a, a writer or something, and, and I find something that works, I'm not a, an artist. So maybe that's why I would like, fuck it. I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm going to do this until people stop buying my shit. There, there was another interesting, uh, interesting quote from uh, Andy Herman from LA Weekly. Uh, he said the Bare Naked Ladies are one of those 90s bands that like the Spin Doctors and Hootie and the Blowfish inspire a kind of overzealous hatred that seems totally out of proportion to whatever musical crimes they may have committed. I don't know if I've ever hated them, but I get it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I never. Like Hootie and the Blowfish? Are you a fan of Hootie? Yeah, I like Hootie. But are you a fan of Hootie? Do you like Hootie like you like the Bare Naked Lady? Yes, but I feel like that still doesn't answer your question if I'm a fan. Well, no, it does. You're not. The answer is no. <laughs> I feel the hatred comes from the oversaturation. One week, two princes. I don't want to be with you. I, I, it's like those fucking songs, not... Like I said, I'm not fans of those bands. I've never bought an album from those bands. I've never seen them in concert. But I know, word for word, Two Princes. I know, word for word, a few Hootie of the Blue. But just because it's just you, there was no escaping it. And I can see that's where maybe some of this unwarranted hatred may, may have come from, from some of the fans or where this guy's quote was coming from, Andy Herman, with two N's. I don't understand hatred of a type or style of music or band, you know? Mm. Uh, if you don't like it, that's fine. But if somebody else likes it, why do you have to try to convince them to not like it? Exactly. Don't listen. <laughs> if you don't like them, if you want someone to go away, the best thing to do is not give them any money. Change the station on the radio when they come on. But, like, don't hate somebody. Well, it's not even like don't because they're not attacking the the band is doing what the band's going to do. You're when you engage in a conversation like that with somebody, you're attacking the person you're talking to. You're a fan of Hootie and a Blowfish, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, and the tone is that you're a moron and have no taste. You know, <laughs> but I do that sometimes. <laughs> what do you care if I like this song or if I like this band? Don't yuck my yum. Is uh. What I believe the kids are saying. I, I don't know any of those kids, but <laughs> I think it's funny that you just said that because the the big bang of our relationship, mine and yours, was from you going, you like the Evil Dead? And I was like, this fucking guy, he fucking knows his shit. But like, if you would have come out with some shitty fucking movie, I may not have asked for your number. 
Like, if you would have led with Bret Hart's the greatest wrestler in the history of wrestling, I would have never called you. That's fine. Like, that's, you know, that's seeking out somebody that has, like, common interests and taste. And that that happens. But if, like, if I would have said, you like the Evil Dead, and you said yes, and I spent the next 20 minutes explaining why you shouldn't like the Evil Dead, then I'm an asshole for doing yeah. that. Okay, I see what you're saying. But I, 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 don't, I don't tell people why they're stupid. I just, in my head, go, no. It's wrong. That band sucks. That's not wrong. It's an opinion. <laughs> that, band sucks. So that opinion is wrong. <laughs> it's stupid. Because <laughs> that band sucks. So there was a little bit of drama over this song. Okay. With the band members. Just out of curiosity, like, I know you said that you, you, you went down the band roster. You said what everybody does. Is there any one band member that writes the songs? It was it was Stephen Page and Ed Robertson, the two founders of the band, were the main are the main writers. The other guys have contributed, but the two main writers were uh, Stephen Page and Ed Robertson, the songwriters. So in 2015, Page sued Robertson over the Big Bang Theory theme, claiming that he was owed 20 percent of the song's total profits, which was estimated to be more than a million dollars. The case was then later postponed. Um, bah, 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 bah. So is it still ongoing? Well, that's I, I'm I'm that's I'm I'm skimming through my notes. Uh, the he also claimed that Robertson was keeping all the money for himself. So when filing the lawsuit, Page said he wasn't sure exactly how much money he was owed, but he believed it was that the song had earned over a million. Twenty percent of a million is quite a bit. Uh, in 2016, the lawsuit. <laughs> what do you wait? <laughs> You're going to ask me to fucking do math again. I walked into that fucking math equation. <laughs> I like how you tried to d- escape it, too. I like how you just skipped over. 20% of a million is a lot. quite a bit. <laughs> it is. It's wrong. 200,000. What? It's 200,000. Yeah, I know what it is, Dan. <laughs> no, you didn't. I, I know. Hold on one second. You better not be going to tell Tommy I can't do math. Uh, Did you shut the door because you're laughing at me so hard? (laughs) No, I shut the door because I I could hear Tommy's uh, watching TV, and I didn't know how much the microphone was picking up because I know you said you heard the can opening. Ask her. Open the door and ask her if she knows what 20% of a million is. Uh, So in 2016, Dan... The lawsuit was stayed in favor of Robertson. However, there was no evidence publicly available either way as to whether the case ever got settled. Um, an interesting fact, though, Stephen Page did reunite with the band in 2018 for a one-off performance, so kind of suggests that it was either dropped or settled. Okay. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm surprised it's not a lot more money than 200000 You know, like... They play the Big Bang Theory 18 times a fucking day. I know. That's what I'm saying. For residuals and royalties, I'm surprised it's not more. I thought a million dollars was, wasn't was a lot. I was I was a little kind of – I was surprised by that fact too. It was like a million dollars. But but then I started thinking, what do you, what did, what do you think they make per – because I couldn't find that anywhere. Like what do they make per play? You know, every time the show plays, do they get a nickel? Do they get 10 bucks? I was, I was waiting for you to go, if I had a million dollars, <laughs> I would buy you a house. 
I'd buy you a house if I had a million dollars, Dan. I'd buy you furniture for your house. Like a nice Chesterfield or an Ottoman? Don't fucking tell me. I'm fucking big fan of my countrymen. Fucking, that's what I should get. I should get a fucking maple leaf tattoo. That's the official leaf of Canada. Yes. The maple leaf. <laughs> I wonder what the official leaf of America is. The oak. The oak leaf? Oak leaf. I'll have to look that up. For some reason, I'm thinking that uh, you're, not <laughs> you're, not, you're not telling me the, the right thing. <laughs> See, like I said, he did, uh, he did a one-off performance with the band in 2018. Uh, he did not rejoin, though, permanently. But they do seem to be on good terms. And the Bare Naked Ladies actually just, or they're getting ready to put out a new album, tour, uh, Detour de Force. Okay. So. Cool. And that's uh, that's your Bare Naked Ladies history, Dan. Nice. So Very nice. I'm going to move on to, so we talked about, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to finish, wrap it up with, uh, with Bill Prady. Like I said, there wasn't a lot like he he did some stuff but there wasn't as much information um that i found anyway uh where are we uh before we get into chuck lorry who there's just a lot to unpack with that gentleman i'm surprised because like for the the shows you named were very popular shows but he was he didn't create anything he didn't and he was so bill prady was not he's been nominated for five emmys in total four of them were from the big bang dairy Mm-hmm. And then one was in 91 for Outstanding Writing and a Variety of Music Program for the Muppets Celebrate Jim Henson, which is where he got his start working for Jim Henson and Jim Henson uh, Productions. Oh, in 91? In 1982. 1982. 1982. He's been working with, uh, was working for Jim Henson Productions. He worked on, uh, he was a writer on the Jim Henson Hour, and he even wrote uh, the Muppet Vision 3D, which I guess appears at Walt Disney World. I've never been there. That's what the 3D Muppet movie that appears at Walt Disney World. So, uh, well, besides the Muppets, uh, he co-produced Dream On, like I, we had spoke about a little while ago. He has writing credits on The Cosby Show and Married with Children, but it was only one show. Yeah, it's interesting how they pop up like that because Charles uh, Chuck Lorre only did one show of like Charles and exactly, George. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then it says he served as a producer and a consulting producer on Caroline in the City, co-executive producer on Dharma and Greg, like I said, which is where he met uh, Chuck Lorre and uh, T and the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> interesting note: he ran for governor of California in two thousand three. Oh. Did not win though. Who? Who did he lose to? Oh, I'm not from California. I didn't see that. 2003. I don't know. <laughs> Let me whip out my Google machine. I knew you were going to ask me something that I didn't have the answer to. I was going so good. <laughs> Damn it. So according to my Google search, and this is kind of what I thought it was going to be. Was Arnold it Arnold? Was it Arnold? Yeah. <laughs> So, but that's that was pretty much what I got on on Mr. Prady. But the big guy is coming up. Chuck Laurie. I'm passing by him on my notes. Chuck Laurie. Chuck Laurie is I feel like 
the television version of Dimitri Tiomkin. Interesting. Okay. You're going to have to back that up. <laughs> Support your claim. He's 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 just done a lot of shit. You know what I mean? He was uh so I have I I wrote these down. I just need to find them. So he's written for Muppet Babies, Heathcliff, Charles in Charge, My Two Dads. All of these. Charles in Charge, My Two Dads, which does not feature a robot. Stuff that we've talked about in the past. Uh, Roseanne was a co-executive producer for two seasons on Roseanne. Grace Under Fire, Darman Greg, Two and a Half Men, Mike and Molly, Big Bang Theory, Mom, The Kaminsky Method, Young Sheldon, and Barb Hart's Abishola. Created. Credited as creating. And this is what blew me away because these are all these have all been very popular shows grace under fire sybil Darman and greg two and a half men disjointed which is on netflix is not that big uh big bang dairy mom the kaminsky method young sheldon i gotcha so i gotcha so like here's the thing i'm gonna challenge you a little bit on this okay because dimitri tiomkin <laughs> was a composer for like 50 years 12 Oscars, you know, all that lovely bullshit. Like, he was a big deal. Like, to say that he was a writer on all these shows, like, kind of as we just said, like, you could be a writer on these shows, but for, like, an episode. Should I co- should I compare mean- him more to Shuki Levy, then? I, I, I'm i not sure who you should compare him, because I, I don't know what his entire catalog is. But, like, right now, in my head, like, it sounds like the like the bigger accomplishments are... Big Bang Theory, Two and a Half Men, Dharma and Greg. Sybil was pretty big. Grace Under okay, Fire was yeah. a pretty big show. But did he create those? He, or he did created he like those. Write created. Those? Created okay. Grace Under Fire, Sybil, Dharma and Greg, Two and a Half Men. Mom Mom is a very popular show, which I believe is still running. The Kaminsky Method has been nominated uh, for two Emmys. That's what. That was the thing that, that blew me away, is that... He's he he's won one Emmy, and it and it wasn't for like best series. So his only accolade is one Emmy, and you're comparing him to D- Dimitri Tiomkin. Dan, awards <laughs> do not always tell the true story, though. Okay. Right, right or wrong? Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. This is true. See, I feel like. The expectation was set too high. Like, if you would have told me he was D- the D- Dimitri Tiomkin of television series and then told me that he created MASH, the Brady Bunch, <laughs> Happy Days, like, that's the only way that's going to be All like, right. oh, okay. So yeah, he's maybe he's deal. the cousin to the Dimitri Tiomkin <laughs> of television. Maybe he's just... <laughs> Or maybe he's just the Chuck Lorre of TV. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe he's just the Chuck Lorre of TV. So. I there there was something really really interesting and it was another it, this is another um kind of throwback to to our show is that w- one of the first writing jobs he got was for Deke Entertainment. Deke. Deke. Yeah, you, well you said Heathcliff. Yeah, he wrote for Heathcliff. I have a I found a um a, like a 5 minute a uh, little inter- part of an interview where he was given it, where he, he was talking about Deke, and he said that he was uh, he was selling radios, like cold call, knocking on people's doors, trying to sell radios. And he walked up the steps, and he said, "What do you guys do here?" <laughs> and go, "Oh, we write animation for children." 
he went back with a script and they liked what <laughs> they liked what he wrote. Yeah, it's cool that that's how it used to be. You know, that that's how you used to be able to get a job. Just right place, right time, I guess. I mean, yeah. and like, but... Uh, if you showed aptitude and ability, then somebody would take you under your wing. But his, uh, I guess his first, I don't want to say claim to fame, because I don't want to, you know, say the wrong thing again. But he did write a um, a top 40 hit for Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry is... The singer. What's one of her songs? Yeah. What What was the top 40 hit? Uh, French Kissing in the USA. <laughs> Never heard. Yeah, of it. I never heard of it either. But it, but does that make him the Dimitri Tiomkin of pop songs now? Dan, <laughs> listen here. <laughs> you know what else he composed? What? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. <laughs> See, that's cool. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Fun. <laughs> that's fun. That's notable. <laughs> None of, none of the 9,000 shows that he created. <laughs> he didn't create 9,000 shows. Like he, nine created shows. Two re- he created two really good shows, one really great show, and then <sighs> the rest are just kind of like... <sighs> and over the span of what time period? What time frame did he create those shows? From the 80s to present. That's a... I, I, that's, I, you're, shitting, you're shitting on the man's work, Dan. This is this is you, you set unreasonable on, expectations. You're shitting on the man. The first show he created was Grace Under Fire. That's that was not in the '80s, was it? That was an early. Okay, 90s so, uh, so the '90s to present, thirty years. Shit yeah. on this poor man's work. Guy, blood. This poor man, nothing. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Compared, where's his fucking stamp? <laughs> okay, you know what? That's I. All right, I'll take it back off of that statement because. Okay. Nobody has a fucking stamp. You're totally you're totally right. Where's this fucking stamp? You should have started with that. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Themebacils. Give us a follow wherever you listen. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review. That would really help. We are Themebacils.